all these events had taken place many years before the morning when, in the chart room of the steamer Nan Shan, he stood confronted by the fall of a barometer he had no reason to distrust. The fall, taking into account the excellence of the instrument, the time of the year, and the ship's position on the terrestrial globe, was of a nature ominously prophetic. But the red face of the man betrayed no sort of inward disturbance. Omens were as nothing to him, and he was unable to discover the message of a prophecy till the fulfilment had brought it home to his very door. That's a fall and no mistake, he thought. There must be some uncommonly dirty weather knocking about. The Nan Shan was on her way from the southward to the treaty port of Fuchao, with some cargo in her lower holds and two hundred Chinese coolies returning to their village homes in the province of Fukien, after a few years of work in various tropical colonies. The morning was fine, the oily sea heaved without a sparkle, and there was a queer, white, misty patch in the sky like a halo of the sun. The foredeck, packed with Chinamen, was full of sombre clothing, yellow faces and pigtails, sprinkled over with a good many naked shoulders, for there was no wind and the heat was close. The coolies lounged, talked, smoked, or stared over the rail. Some, drawing water over the sides, sluiced each other. A few slept on hatches, while several small parties of six sat on their heels surrounding iron trays with plates of rice and tiny teacups, and every single celestial of them was carrying with him all he had in the world, a wooden chest with a ringing lock and brass on the corners containing the savings of his labours, some clothes of ceremony, sticks of incense, a little opium maybe, bits of nameless rubbish of conventional value, and a small hoard of silver dollars toiled for in coal lighters, won in gambling houses or in petty trading, grubbed out of earth, sweated out in mines on railway lines, in deadly jungle under heavy burdens, amassed patiently, guarded with care, cherished fiercely. A cross-swell had set in from the direction of Formosa Channel about ten o'clock, without disturbing these passengers much, because the Nan Shan, with her flat bottom, rolling chocks on bilges, and great breadth of beam, had the reputation of an exceptionally steady ship in a seaway. Mr. Jukes, in moments of expansion on shore, would proclaim loudly that the old girl was as good as she was pretty, it would never have occurred to Captain McWhirr to express his favourable opinion so loud or in terms so fanciful. She was a good ship, undoubtedly, and not old either. She had been built in Dumbarton less than three years before, to the order of a firm of merchants in Siam, Messrs. Sig and Son. When she lay afloat, finished in every detail and ready to take up the work of her life, the builders contemplated her with pride. "'Sig has asked us for a reliable skipper to take her out,' remarked one of the partners, and the other, after reflecting for a while, said, "'I think McWhirr is ashore just at present.' "'Is he? Then wire him at once. He's the very man,' declared the senior without a moment's hesitation.' 